Jesus is speaking to Peter and to the other the disciples, and Peter confesses Jesus as Christ. So if you would, would you turn with me to Matthew 16? Matthew 16, and we're going to begin with verse number 13. Matthew 16 and verse 13, and let's stand together. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am, or I the son of man am? And they said, Well, some say John the Baptist and some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Father, I pray this morning as we look at this word church, ecclesia, Father, that we could have the understanding, God, that we are that church and God that we could kind of look at the responsibility that we have before we ever come to this congregation what responsibilities we have as the church we pray this in Jesus precious name amen you may be seated so the idea here of ecclesia this is the congregation individual assembly of Christians this is the gathering place that place where we we speak here of, of our church, the Pine Island, that, that local body, uh, or you can speak of the totality of uh, all congregations of Christians of all times, uh, Old Testament included. Uh, Hebrew speaks of those Old Testament saints that are counted as those witnesses. And so we understand that God has, has put us in that place of being the church. He called us to the church. Now, this building is a gathering place for this particular congregation. Um, Years ago, Brother Howard will remember this. Maybe a couple others will as well, uh, probably Tupi. But over in the old place, over next door where the Sunday school buildings are, believe it or not, that was uh, one of the original churches. The original church built on this property, the original building built on this property was blown down in the hurricane of 1900. And uh, they used what wood they could from that building uh, to then make the floor for what is over there now. Now, we've redone that a couple of times, but uh, Brother Howard was a, just a young young boy when he started attending over here in, in Pine Island, uh, at Pine Island Baptist. And uh, he has seen things change a lot. As a matter of fact, where the kitchen is back there, for those of you that are kind of new, there used to be a window in that old kitchen. And from that, we used to serve all of our meals where those two Sunday school classes are because that was our fellowship hall. And years ago, there was a baptistry where the kitchen is, and that's where they would baptize the people. And in that room, they had a stove, a, a, a wood stove that kept everybody warm in the winter. And I'm guessing that in the summertime, you just raise the windows. Is that how that worked, Brother Howard? Okay. And lots of fans. 
And so that's how that would have worked. But those, that building would have housed the local congregation that was there that would have preceded those of you that are here now, and, and, but would have included Brother Howard and then also, for a part of that time, Miss Tupi. Very young Miss Tupi. Very, very young Miss Tupi. And so we then come here and, and uh, almost 18 years ago, and what we found here, we had red carpet and red pews. How many of you remember the red carpet and red pews? All right. Uh, Marty, you remember those? Uh, you, certainly. And Guy, uh, you would have, would have grown up in this church with those little red pews. And you, did you crawl around the little red pews when you were little? No. No, you didn't do that. You were a perfect kid. Yeah. Liar, liar, pants on fire. All right. Um, so we had that, and then by the grace of God, um, we outgrew that particular place, and so we started kind of getting some ideas, and then this became what we now use as a gathering place for the local church here for Pine Island. We now gather up together in this particular place. This congregation meets in this building. We use these other places for Sunday school now, and of course our new fellowship hall back over there, which uh, we get to eat hamburger pie this Wednesday, and uh, so so excited. No, we get to do all of these great things at church because God has blessed this local body of believers, and one of the reasons that I believe God has blessed this local body of believers is because we do stand on his word, and we find common ground when it comes to God's word. We all agree, we trust that God's word is good and God's word is true. And that is wonderful that we do that. However, there's some things you need to understand. The gathering in this place does not replace the home as the main place of spiritual learning and growth. Let me help this out again. The gathering in this particular church, this particular building, does not replace the home as the main place of spiritual learning and growth. A lot of people think of the church, well, that's where we go to learn. That's where we go to grow spiritually. The truth is the church would have been a place that we would have come and we'd have heard someone kind of give a sermon that we could have all agreed on, we could have all found common ground on, and would have been a theme for us to push out throughout the week. But now this building for a lot of people has become the only moment of spiritual life for the week. Like the only moment that they have any sort of spiritual connection with God is on a Sunday morning. And so in their mind, well, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Church has done its job. No church. Church, that's you. This is the place where the church gathers. But church should be happening in our homes. This is a conviction which myself, I I have to deal with in in my own heart and in my own life and within my own family. Because so often in our busy lives, we find ourselves trying to meet the needs of everyone else. And then finally, finally, we get to come to church and we hear a sermon and we walk out and we feel better. But the truth is we should already have walked in prepared within our own hearts. But a lot of, for some strange reason, this has become the place, the only place where people hear from God. That is definitely not correct. It is not the model that God intended. It's not the model that Christ intended. 
and I hate to say it, but it's an American model that needs to die. Like, the church is replacing the home as the spiritual epicenter of the family life. The spiritual center should be from within the walls of the home. Let me help you out. Ephesians tells us, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Men, what are, what are we supposed to do with our children? Bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord, teaching them to love God, showing them, giving them examples of what faith is in the Lord. Our job is to be that light and example to our children and to train them up in the Lord. And then we find here in Proverbs, it says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. One of the biggest reasons a lot of our children are struggling in life is because they're not being taught at home. One of the main reasons that they don't grasp good foundational fundamental theology is because they have no clue what that even means. They have no clue what that looks like at home. They don't have a clue what the Bible says because dad hasn't explained it. Dad hasn't sat down with them and said, here's what scripture says. Because dad brings them to church and that's where they're supposed to get all their good basic training. That's not the model that the Bible set up. In Proverbs, we hear this. My son, hear the instruction of your father. Children, listen to me. One of the biggest struggles that I had when I was your age, especially you teenagers, I thought I knew everything. I look back now and I realize just how dumb I really was. Any other adult realize that now? Yeah. And I get it. You teenagers are way smarter than we were when we were y'all's age. Anybody remember feeling that way when you were a teenager? Okay, just checking, just checking. I'm trying to help y'all not repeat the process, okay? It is really okay to listen to your parents. They're a lot smarter than you think they are. And the reason I know that is because they've been there, done that, and got the T-shirt, right? Been there, done that, got the T-shirt. All right, how many of you parents will admit, I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt? And I pray to God my kid don't follow in my footsteps, right? I mean, you're sitting there thinking, man, that, we don't want that dad. Children, listen to your parents. Listen to the instruction of your father. Fathers, that means that you have to be giving instruction. That means that you have to be within the home. That means you have to be actively involved within the teaching of the Bible in your house, in your home. My son, hear the instruction of your father. And do not forsake the law of your mother. And here's the favorite one you guys love. I know, you, Tommy, you have this one down. You told us this all the time. You tell us how great you are at this next one. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. If y'all, yesterday when, when, by the way, Tommy graduated yesterday at Rose Hill, and uh, when he walked across the stage, you could see his halo just above his head, um, but his horns were holding it up perfect. And um, anyway, the halo was for the fact that he just, he minds his parents so well. Um, the truth is, 
Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well pleased the Lord. Here's what we have to learn. In the home, that is where the spiritual life should be set up. That is where the spiritual growth should be set up. Everything that your child needs for good foundation, spiritual foundation, good theology should come from within the home. Then you find a local body that you can agree with and you join with them and then you become that local ecclesia, that local gathering of people and and you worship together. But that does not replace what you are doing in the home. And unfortunately, it, it, it's become the total opposite. We, we depend upon the church to raise our children spiritually. We depend upon our church to teach our kids what is right and wrong. We depend upon our church to teach our kids how to witness and how to be a better person. And, and here's what happens, mom and dad, when it's not taught in the home. Here's what takes place. This was done in 2017, and one in 2007 and one in 2017. Look at how many people left the church when they left home. Almost 70% of your teenagers completely walked away from church when they left home. Why? Because it was just an exercise. They saw what was happening at home. They came to church. They saw mom and dad do the church thing. But then during the week, the church thing wasn't important. So to a child who's leaving home, who has no more ties to the house, I don't have to listen to my parents anymore, I'm free. How many of you remember that day you were finally free? Just to find out you had more bondage on you than you ever thought you did, right? And here are these people leaving the church. I've been praying a lot because we have been searching for a youth pastor and we've had some, we even had a couple come and, and, and visit our church and look and they loved the church and it was just it was a tough decision for them, but they, they just said it was too far from, from home for them. Tough decisions. They made that choice. We've had others that have been brought before us and just wasn't a fit. So a lot of people think, you know, if we just get the right youth pastor, that'll fix everything. And I would hope that that's not the mindset of this church, but if it is... Youth pastors and youth programs can't replace what is meant to be instilled in the home. You can get the greatest youth pastor in the world. On fire for the Lord. Wear those weird shoes that the kids think are cool. Have long hair like the kids. Whatever. Make every connection possible. But if they still see a mom and dad who are half-hearted towards Christ, when they leave home, they'll be half-hearted when they leave home. The church 
is being used as a tool by the parents so that the parents feel better. Well, at least I put my kids in church. No, no, no. You sent your kids to a building and you have missed sight that you are the church. You and I belong to God. We are to worship him in spirit and in truth and we're to worship him within our own homes. Sunday school has replaced personal Bible study. How many of you, honestly, and I don't want you to raise your hand because I don't want anybody to be upset, but I I just wonder how many of you actually studied your lesson before you came to Sunday school. Sunday school should not be in the church where a guy or a lady stands up and speaks for a long, long time. It should be a discussion place because everybody has has had an opportunity to read it and to study it and to sit down and you, you get that opportunity to discuss it and talk about it. But so often we come in prepared and so we just sit and listen because we haven't actually studied ourselves. Because we want Sunday school to do the job that we should have done during the week. What does the Bible say in Second Timothy? It says, be diligent to present yourselves approved to God. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God. Do your job, in other words. Do the call of the Christian. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The church, for a lot of people, has become their only connection to God. That's because they don't understand that this is just a building. And that they themselves are the church. You and I have a responsibility to God. We have a responsibility to our children. Men, we have a responsibility to our wives. And we wonder why our families are suffering. It's because we as men have fallen down flat on our face. And we're letting the church be the only spiritual high point in the life of our family. When the truth is, if we're right at home, we would see things completely different at church. Wouldn't that be awesome? So, With that being said, let me close with this last little point I want to make to you. Every one of us, every single one of us needs to understand this. This is a building. You, we are the church. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace. And we just ask, Lord, that you deal with our hearts as stubborn as they are. God, even as lazy as we can be when it comes to our own spiritual well-being. Father, I just ask that you so burden us this week to do what is right. Especially the men in this room, God, that we would lead our families in daily worship. 
And I know there are a lot of us who are busy. Lord God, if we're too busy to do this, then our families are going to suffer. So Father, forgive us as men for putting our families through unneeded hardship simply because we're too stubborn to leave. God, help us to step up to the plate and help us to show faith to our family. We pray this in Jesus' precious name.